So the war in Ukraine continues, mm-hmm. and while we are absolute, absolutely not who you should be turning to for detailed up to the minute facts about what is happening in an active war zone, we do have a lot of news for you about the uh, ripple effects that this conflict is creating outside of Ukraine, particularly in the world of tech, because this is our tech show after all. Yeah. Uh, so in our previous episode this week, we talked about how SpaceX is providing satellite internet to Ukraine and how Russia, on top of all those new sanctions being levied against it, is having all sorts of things taken away from important financial stuff like access to the global SWIFT banking network and Visa and MasterCard to more trivial stuff like new movie releases. <laughs> Sorry, Russians. No Batman for you. And uh, if you think that's bad, no Morbius either. No, all you Morbius heads over in Russia who are excited no. about, about Sony's new Morbius picture, but sorry, you're going to have to do some illegal BitTorrent downloading, something that no one in Russia has ever done before. No! How, how are we going to survive without watching Jared Leto on screen as Morbius? The real vampire is all these sanctions. Yeah. Sucking our Russian blood. Uh, cancel culture, it has truly come for the entire nation of Russia. Wow. And the cancellations and bans and uh, postponements and pullouts, they continue to roll in. They also can uh, continue to range from very serious to comically trivial and petty. On the more serious side, a bunch of car companies have halted operations in Russia, with Toyota, Volvo, and Hyundai halting car production at Russian factories. Renault, who produces nearly 40% of the cars built in Russia, has suspended some operations due to what they say are logistics bottlenecks and shortages. Meanwhile, companies that don't produce cars in Russia's, uh, Russia, uh, but have joint ventures with Russian automakers, such as Daimler Truck, Mercedes-Benz, and Ford, say they're divesting from those companies or ending their supply partnerships. Imports of vehicles from Toyota, GM, Volvo, BMW, Harley-Davidson, Jaguar, Land Rover, and Aston Martin have also been halted. So, realistically, you are going to have to put the car in H to get it to work. Yeah. Sorry, oligarchs. Oh, is that a, is that a Bentley from... The previous model generation? Mm. Oof. Things must be... Put it in H! Put it in H. Uh, CD Projekt Red, the the company behind the highly acclaimed Witcher games and the less highly acclaimed Cyberpunk game, announced that it is stopping all sales in Russia and Belarus and cutting off access to its GOG store. Did it do it by announcing it on a bright yellow uh, statement on Twitter? It wasn't yellow, and I wish it was. It should have been half yellow, half blue. That would have been the real like that the real shit. showed them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, I, they're based in Poland, right? Yeah. I think. So they've got some skin in this game. Yeah, same with like <laughs> when Volvo's like, hey, it was like, yeah, Volvo's pretty close to the uh, yeah. the shit here. It's 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 happening kind of in their backyard. Mm-hmm. They, they have... It's it's different than like an American company being like, oh, we're yeah. So on. that's like <laughs> the other day when we were talking about how the the surprising and we are very much behind the reaction in the international community. It is actually surprising when you see countries like Germany and Switzerland and uh, 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 Poland, Finland, Sweden all being like, yeah, no, fuck you, because they are they are uh, within arm's reach of some serious backlash. From Russia. Yeah, I mean, they've all had to play everything kind of balanced for a long time, but right now it's just like, okay, well, fuck you. We're next on the chopping block. So surprising, but good. Happy to see it. Yeah. Um, Uh, Meanwhile, though, Spotify, who very recently did not seem to have much of a problem with disinformation being published on its platform, suddenly they have now followed in the steps of other content hosts by removing Russia today 
and Sputnik. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's because they didn't pay <laughs> Russia today $100 million. Yeah, that, that, that might be the difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify also closed its office in Russia, which likely means that it will be shut down there due to a law requiring large social tech companies to have physical operations in Russia. Though for now, that still hasn't happened. You can still listen to the Joe Rogan experience in Russia. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Uh, On the extremely petty side of things, the people of the United States continue to be an embarrassment. Bars, liquor stores, and even individual consumers have been pouring perfectly good vodka down the drain just because it's Russian. Or in many cases, just because it seems Russian. A lot of seemingly Russian liquor brands are actually from other countries in Eastern Europe, and a lot of them are like from America or other places where it's just like, yeah, Russia's known for its vodka, so we're going to put a Russian-looking label on it. Yes, yes, yes. from oh, the motherland. You should have seen me. You know, I don't drink anymore, but I was down there at the at the dump pouring out all my lemonade that yeah. I got down at the Rocket Fizz. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> Putin. Even in normal times, Russian vodka makes up a whopping 1.3% of vodka imports. And in a lot of bars, the cocktail formerly known as the Moscow Mule, which was invented in New York, by the way, is now known as the Kiev Mule or the Snake Island Mule, and dare I say, in some places, I'm sure, the Freedom Mule. Uh, Yeah, yeah, surely. And that's obviously the Snake Island Mule would be in reference to the brave Ukrainian soldiers of Snake Island who sacrificed their lives to tell the Russian Navy to fuck off, but were then totally revealed to be alive uh, a few days later. It's, I mean, it's still cool that they told them to fuck off. Yes. Yeah, they're not dead. Kind of changes things a little bit. Yes. There's, uh, again... The information coming out of this region is um, it's spotty. very hard to verify. Yeah. Especially and, when you don't exactly know where it's coming and from. And some sources are being less than responsible about it. Uh, like the, the Kiev Independent posting a lot. A large chunk of their posts, like hours later, keep, it? keep getting revealed as um, maybe not entirely accurate. So just, you know. Be careful out there. Don't believe everything you hear coming out of an active war zone. It's just a g- good general rule. But yeah, now have. now Americans are going down and ordering the Freedom Mule, and it looks like we're doing Freedom Fries all over again. That's right. It's good to be back. We're doing the early 2000s all over again, baby. Yeah, we just got done with like the fashion sense of the 90s, or maybe we're not done Britney's with it back. Yes, Britney is back. Britney's back. She's showing off skin at the beach. We're yeah. back. And Freedom Fries. Soon enough, it's going to be May. It's going to be May. Uh, Oh, oh, here's one. The International Cat Federation, a real thing which is based in Texas, announced this week that they are banning all Russian-owned cats from their competitions. Wow. And also banning all cats bred in Russia from being registered in its pedigree books. That's kind of... Is it purebred? I don't know. Is it? Well, so this is a lot... This this specifically, this type of American response, and there's probably responses like this in England and Europe... Uh, not great because the, by and large, as we said on the last These episode, are normal fucking people. The Russian people seem to not want this at all. Yeah, it, even many Russian oligarchs seem to not want this to have happened at all. How is this cat federation ban hurting anyone with any real power in Russia? Yeah, and yeah, Vladimir Putin likes dogs. He's a big dog guy, yeah. not a cat guy. Uh, sanctions. That yes, they do end up hurting the Russian population. Uh, yeah. It's kind of the only thing that uh, other countries can do without getting militarily involved. It is, but yeah. it is very short-sighted and irresponsible to lay blanket hate across all Russians. That's just not what you should do as a decent person, especially Russian to... cat owners, <laughs> the, the loneliest Russians. And this is a country not known for 
being especially happy. So the, the Russian cat ladies, yeah, they need this cat stuff. Yeah. What are you doing? So, yeah, again, lay off the Russian people unless they are explicitly yeah. over there fighting against Ukrainians or... A lot in, of them are. In, yeah, and that's true. I'm just saying... I saw a video of like a fucking 90-year-old woman getting arrested at a protest. I'm like, oh, God, things are, things are going great over there. Yeah. But uh, anyways, in, in totally unrelated news, a recent uh, YouGov poll found that 42% of Americans think Russia is a communist country. So... Maybe just shut up. Drink the <laughs> vodka. It doesn't matter. No, get uh, Tito's. Yeah. Brewed I mean, in Austin, sure. Texas. Don't pour perfectly good vodka down the drain. Hmm. Send it to me. But uh, look, Americans aren't the only ones who should probably just let the governments and large corporations of the world do all the sanctioning and whatnot. Uh, over in Italy, a university canceled a course on the literature of Fyodor Dostoevsky, who uh, died 141 years ago just for him being Russian. Uh, they, they were eventually shamed into backtracking on that, but uh, just a very interesting, like I literally days before that, someone did like a joke tweet of like, oh, uh, Oprah has canceled her book club this month of like War and Peace. <laughs> Cause that'd be hilarious and ridiculous. And then like just days later, it happens in real life. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, it, yes, it's, it's very stupid. But back on the slightly more serious side of things, this conflict in Ukraine, which based on similar conflicts, could go on indefinitely for a very long time. It could make the current global semiconductor chip shortage even worse than it already is. Damn it. Ukraine is home to around half the world's supply of neon gas, which is used to power the lasers that etch patterns onto the computer chips. Back in 2014, when Russia invaded Crimea, neon gas prices went up by 600%. And that was a relatively small conflict compared to what is currently playing out. Chip makers reportedly learned from 2014 and took steps to limit their reliance on neon gas, but this has the potential to make the supply of electronic components even more strained than it currently is. Great. It's just, you, you love to see just how fragile everything on Earth really is after a global pandemic and uh, a military conflict in Europe. We're really stress testing this whole thing, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also probably getting more expensive is energy. Germany officially canceled the planned $11 billion Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline that was supposed to power Europe. And BP and Shell have divested from it. It's unclear what exactly is going to replace this gas pipeline. The obvious solution would be for Europe to invest into more clean, renewable energy. But that, of course, takes time and planning. And... Uh, I mean, countries like Germany are even apparently considering, uh, they're reconsidering their planned shutdowns of nuclear power plants, which like, it was like three months ago that Germany's like, we're finally doing it. We're shutting down, we're decommissioning all of our power plants. And uh, now they're, they're thinking maybe not, but it's also a little more complicated than that to reverse the well, process that's already maybe, underway. Maybe this is a great sign to really pour a lot of money and energy into renewables or also be like, yeah, we were wrong. We're going to keep the nuclear power plants just long enough yeah. until we can get some more renewable stuff. We're going, to, we're going over to the Dutch. We're going to tell them to get those windmills cranking. And then we're going to come right back <laughs> here. And we're going to get to work on our own. There it was. It was a hair in my throat. Mm. Anyway, in the meantime, oil and natural gas prices, are they're just going to go up and up now that one of the world's biggest energy suppliers is on everyone else's shit list. Mm. And in some absolutely just like perfect timing 
the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change just released a new report that is, of course, just full of dire warnings about where humanity is heading if greenhouse gas emissions aren't reduced quickly and drastically. Could this be a sign? <laughs> Joke's on them, though. We're going to fucking all die in a nuclear war. Yeah, we don't so have to like, worry about climate you, change. What are you doing? You think we're going to be around long enough to suffer the effects of climate change? We got a madman who's pushed into a corner and losing a fight right now. Who has access to, like, dozens, hundreds of nukes. I don't know. Enough to end the world. Well, according to a lot of very smart people online uh, this week, uh, nuclear weapons not as bad as we were. You think they are? Like, oh, everyone... Nah, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna say that they're probably bad. Yeah, it's it's some real uh, galaxy brain shit because it's like it's like Hiroshima and Nagasaki, just absolute humanitarian, just just evil fucking, very very bad. Mm-hmm. You look at the the footprint of each of those bombs and multiply it by a hundred. It, it's not. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's just go ahead and read from the New York Times' summary of this latest climate report. The dangers of climate change are mounting so rapidly that they could soon overwhelm the ability of both nature and humanity to adapt unless greenhouse gas emissions are quickly reduced, according to a major new scientific report released on Monday. The report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, a body of experts convened by the United Nations, is the most detailed look yet at the threats posed by global warming. It concludes that nations aren't doing nearly enough to protect cities, farms, and coastlines from the hazards that climate change has unleashed so far, such as record droughts and rising seas, let alone from the even greater disasters in store as the planet continues to warm. Written by 270 researchers from 67 countries, the report is an atlas of human suffering and a damning indictment of failed climate leadership, said Antonio Guterres, the United Nations Secretary General. With fact upon fact, this report reveals how people and the planet are getting clobbered by climate change. Tell us how you really feel, sir. (laughs) We're all going to (laughs) die. It continues. The perils are already visible across the globe, the report said. In 2019, storms, floods, and other extreme weather events displaced more than 13 million people across Asia and Africa. Rising heat and drought are killing crops and trees, putting millions worldwide at increased risk of hunger and malnutrition, while mosquitoes carrying diseases like malaria and dengue are spreading into new areas. Roughly half the world's population currently faces severe water scarcity at least part of the year. Few nations are escaping unscathed. Blistering heat waves made worse by global warming have killed hundreds of people in the United States and Canada. Ferocious floods have devastated Germany and China, and wildfires have raged out of control in Australia and Siberia. Quote, one of the most striking conclusions in our report is that we're seeing adverse impacts that are much more widespread and much more negative than expected, said Camille Parmesan, an <laughs> economist. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's a delicious name. Camille Parmesan, an ecologist at the University of Texas, Austin, and one of the researchers who prepared the report. It's a cool name. I'm sorry. It's great. Camille Parmesan. It's a cool name in the midst of uh, everything else there. Maybe she should just like, have a, like, a pen name for climate studies. It is Because you get to the end of it and you're like, huh, Parmesan cheese. It is interesting that it's spelled like that instead of like Parmigiano, which is the actual... I don't know. Did she show up at Ellis Island? Her grandparents showed up at Ellis Dude. Island. They're like, <laughs> our last name, Parmigiano Reggio. Yeah. Like, oh, no one's going to know how to say that. Parmesan, you're in. But yeah, basically, everything that's being done about climate change is still far from enough. Have you started throwing away your uh, food into the green bin yet, Elliot? Are you doing enough? I was doing that for a while, and then it just got real moldy and got ants. So. 
Well, you're personally causing the destruction of the planet while uh, every millionaire within flying distance took their private jets to the Super Bowl. I hope you're happy. I'm not. Are you guilty enough yet? Yes. Uh, anyways, uh, climate change is happening so quickly that many parts of the world simply will not be able to adapt to a changing environment in time to prevent catastrophic consequences for humanity, such as literally even being able to produce enough food to feed everyone. So yeah, on top of nuclear weapons being more of a concern now that they've been in decades, that climate change thing is still happening. But hopefully the situation with Russia serves as a great motivator for the world's big energy-consuming nations to eliminate their dependence on greenhouse gas-emitting energy sources. That would be cool. Yeah. Renewable energy isn't just great for preventing a climate apocalypse. It also means not having to look past the human rights records of countries that you have to rely on to keep the lights on. So this should be a kick in the pants. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, you know, diplomatic international relations side of the global energy supply chain... Um... Probably worth reconsidering. Probably worth factoring in to uh, your outlook on renewable energy. But who am I? Just, I just hope just that guy. I hope that North Coast Brewing removes the Rasputin beer that made them famous. Yeah, old Rasputin. <laughs> Get it out of there. You call it old, old, uh, old, old Jimmy Carter. Old Jimmy Carter. <laughs> uh, old. Uh, who's like a good Rasputin figure? We don't have anything like that. I'm sure we do if we thought hard enough about it. But uh, old Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. Old Hickory. Andrew Jackson. No, nothing bad about Andrew Jackson. We're changing it to Old Hickory. <laughs> Harmless. Harmless. Who did Andrew Jackson ever harm? Nobody, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Anyways, in addition to the effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine on energy, it's also not great for space exploration. Oh, God. The one thing we had as, a, as an entire globe... Can't the, even fuck off to space anymore. Yeah, uh, the European Space Agency's main spaceport is down in South America in French Guiana, and Russia has now suspended its cooperation there and withdrawn its personnel. Uh, this is kind of a big problem for everyone else because the ESA uses Russian Soyuz rockets for its satellite launches, and the ESA's own Vega rockets aren't powerful enough for larger satellites. Hmm. And the ESA's joint mission with Russia to send a rover to Mars is now delayed indefinitely after previous delays due to technical issues and the COVID-19 pandemic. ExoMars was originally supposed to launch in the summer of 2020, but now it's almost definitely missing its 2022 launch window, which sucks because the ideal launch window for Mars only happens every 26 months, which is This is uh, ExoMars cannot catch a break. Um, but hey, this is probably great news for Elon Musk. Yeah, that's uh, one of the theories, is that Elon's going to be like, oh, you need rockets? I've got, I've got rockets that know how to land themselves. Wait, everyone's mad at Russia? I will help Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's, there's your Ukraine news. But let's move on now, finally, to some news that has nothing to do with Russia and Ukraine and everything to do with one of our favorite recurring topics, which would be crypto cringe. It might be painful to experience, but the extreme cringiness of the most diehard cryptocurrency advocates might just inadvertently save us all from the blockchain future that they are so aggressively marketing right now. Cringe can be used for good. Mm -hmm. And actually, also, this next story involves two of our favorite topics. Crypto cringe, and also, what a weirdo Mark Zuckerberg is. Uh, if you've ever wondered what Mark Zuckerberg's blood relatives are like, we have some tremendous news for you guys. Yeah. Here's Randy Zuckerberg, whose resemblance to her younger brother is so uncanny, you have to wonder whether one is a partial clone of the other. She previously worked at Facebook from 2004 to 2011, before leaving to take on various tech ventures for herself, uh, which as of late seems to involve a whole lot of crypto. She also, apparently, she's 
a former theater kid. You can tell. Yeah. Though no one is ever actually a former theater nope. kid. That runs in your blood. Yep. The theater kid mindset is for life. And that's on full display in a new video that has introduced Randy Zuckerberg's existence to the wider world. We can't play you the audio because it's literally just Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it with new lyrics. But we will read you a transcript of those lyrics while the video plays. So put on your KN95 mask and your neoprene gloves. We are we are going in. Put on the full bodysuit. Let's go. All right. We're all gonna make it. I'm not singing. Yeah, we're all gonna make it. We're all gonna make it, everyone. It's just the start. So GM, carpe your crypto, DM, D-Y-O-R, and pick a coin. I think that's do your own research. Yes, it is, yeah. BTD, buy the dip it. Our diamond hands won't flip it. H-O-D-L, and we'll all join. We're all gonna make it. Yeah, we're all gonna make it. We're all gonna make it, everyone. Our project won't go GN, good night. However, Sisyphean, we won't get rugged if things go right. See this new coin, I know she is bigger than Satoshi, so buy them up and hold them tight. ATH, ATH, I don't know that one. All time high. Oh, I see. We'll fight, yeah, like hell, yeah. We'll hold, yeah. I'll sell, no. They got a nerdy guy being like, I'll sell? No! Dork! And, uh, and then you get the chorus again with a few more crypto buzzwords thrown in. They really did it. It's got like animation in it. Uh, well, she has a budget. Looks like this was shot on both coasts. <laughs> and yes, the song's pretty much all buzzwords, actually. Generally with this kind of effort, and it is a lot of effort based on the number of crew members Randy Zuckerberg credits in her Facebook post. <laughs> a real uh, group effort. This. Uh, you'd expect this kind of thing to be like all the crypto commercials at the Super Bowl and appeal to outsiders. But no, this We're All Gonna Make It video would be entirely incomprehensible to anyone who isn't already deeply into crypto and familiar with all the weird lingo. Which, by the way, like most online lingo, it just sounds stupid and ridiculous when you say it out loud. Yeah. But hey, in Randy Zuckerberg's defense, she isn't just preaching to the choir. With this song, yeah, but this isn't Randy's only crypto song parody, <laughs> of course. That she saw uh. she saw what, uh, what's her name, Rosal Khan was doing and said, I think I can do better. Yeah, yeah. Great year for music. Yeah, great year for music. So, yeah, just only 11 days before we're all going to make it. This woman is prolific. Yeah. Uh, Randy Zuckerberg published another music video, this time using Adele's song, Hello. Oh, can we play this one? No. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> with the lyrics, of course, changed to be about cryptocurrency. And these lyrics, they're more accessible to someone who's unfamiliar with all this. Um, here you go. Hello, it's me. Would you like to learn about exchanging cryptocurrency? We'll go over everything because you've got coins from different blockchains and want to do some trading. Hello, can you hear me? A decentralized exchange lets you convert them from A to B once you pay the gas fee. And no single point of failure means you've got security. There's such a difference from Wall Street and no middleman. And baby, here comes the chorus. Hello, this is DeFi. DeFi, fuck, decentralized finance. Yeah. A way to borrow, sell, or buy. Is this Michael McDonald or Adele? Uh, it, I'm doing the Michael McDonald okay. version of Adele, yeah. which would be a tremendous duet. I would love to see that. That would be a quite, quite a range. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did a Thundercat song a few years back that was sick. Uh, he did. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. He did something I, I'm else. here I for the McDonald'sants. Anyway, yeah. Hello, this is DeFi. A way to borrow, sell, or buy. <laughs> Just start by installing some decentralized apps like Uniswap or Compound, perhaps. Hello, this is DeFi. No central bankers need apply. Uh, I I personally transcribed the lyrics to both of these songs. Oh, you didn't go to Genius.com and see the story behind them? They, I looked. <laughs> trust me. I tried to take a shortcut here. I had to do it myself. You should publish these on Genius.com. Uh, just not to take things back to Ukraine, but just like when Chernobyl uh, exploded, you know, people had to make sacrifices. They had to go in there. They had to pop in, pop out. You know, they knew there was risk. They knew they were taking years, potentially decades off their lives, but they had to do it. For the greater good, or in this case, for the episode. So, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for your service. Anyways, there's a few more lines about how much banks and Web 2.0 suck. Uh, overall, it doesn't seem like the strongest pitch for pulling all your money out of your savings account and moving it onto the blockchain. No. But we, we really appreciate the effort, and we really, really want Randy to keep making more of Please, these. Please, Randy. Stop telling Mark Zuckerberg's sister that she's cringe. She's a theater kid, so you are simply wasting your time. Yeah. This woman was born to be the weird owl of cryptocurrency, <laughs> and it is honestly a gift. And if it makes, if it strains Zuckerberg's relationship with Elizabeth Warren even more, I think that's great too. Uh, there's two Zuckerbergs in town, and uh, there's nothing that any of us can do anything about. I, for one, welcome the second Zuckerberg. Yes. And I, Randy, don't listen to the haters. Keep oh, going. You need to release a whole album. Mm-hmm. Of, you should uh, pour more, more money into this. Yes. Yeah. Your vast Zuckerberg fortune should go towards something that Razzle Khan can no longer do, which is making uh, music videos, highly produced music videos of employing, songs that you've barely put any thought into. I think it's great. She's get, she's employing a very creative industry she behind is. the scenes. Editors, directors, lighting. Yeah. Lyric, I'm assuming lyric writers uh, that she find on Discord. She's redistributing her wealth to the... Uh, yeah the behind-the-scenes artists and technicians who uh, have had a rough go at it with COVID shutting down sets and, you know, and everything else. So I, you know what? Randy, you're doing great. Thank let's, you, Randy. Let's see some more. Thank you, Randy. Let's see your magnum opus. What else have you got? She's, she's doing rock. She's doing pop. I'm just now noticing that my shirt says Askrit on the uh, screen. You've worn that configuration dozens of times. Sorry, you everyone. You never noticed that? No. The comments are always just ass. Ha ha. Ass. I, uh, I, I stay away from the comments. I, I, I don't want to put my full hazard suit on and go in there sometimes. Right. Well. Anyway, speaking of crypto, Gabe Newell of Valve recently took a break from hand-delivering Steam Decks door-to-door in order to share his opinion on the metaverse thing that Mark Zuckerberg's a- a- of the world and others are really pushing as the future of everything. Yeah, it's happening, guys. So good, Gabe's on board, right? He's going to no, have the Steam metaverse. Please, please no. Uh, if you're worried that Gabe broke your heart by supporting that nonsense, good news. He thinks it's just as dumb as you do. Uh, here's what he said to PC Gamer when they asked him about it. Most of the people who are talking about metaverse have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. And they've apparently never played an MMO. They're like, oh, you'll have this customizable avatar. And it's like, well, go into La Noskia in Final Fantasy XIV and tell me that this isn't a solved problem from a decade ago, not some fabulous thing that you're, you know, inventing. Uh, Gaben also addressed the fact that the term metaverse was coined by author Neil Stevenson in the book Snow Crash, uh, saying, I'm friends with Neil Stevenson, and every time we get together, he just puts his face in his hands. So it's like... (laughs) Okay, what metaverse story is driving you insane today? <laughs> hey, Neil. How are things? 
Yeah. I'd be so fucking pissed. And like, he wrote that book decades ago, like 20 years ago. That's the problem it's with... Like, oh, wow, my, I'm trending. I, I got an RSS notification that my, my stuff's trending. Oh, no. That's the problem with writing any kind of, like, semi-near-future kind of novel. Like, I, I'm currently reading, there's a Anthem by Noah Hawley, the guy that did Fargo. Eh. Uh, but the other one, uh, The Every, they're, bo- they're both fine. The Every's much, much better. Um, but both of them deal in things that are just like, like by the time they're published, things are actually happening. Oh. And it's like, or or you can very clearly see them happening within five years or so. Okay. It's not like fantastical enough. Oh. But The Every's kind of about, about that. It's about this girl who tries to infiltrate a place like Facebook and give them a bunch of bad ideas in order to ruin the company. But the company just thinks the ideas are great and it actually is very successful with the company oh, no. because the public is just like, yeah, woo, that's what we need more of. I like that. Uh, that one's great. Uh, Anthem, it's it's fine. It's just not as easy of a read as the other one. Better it's than just... the game, Anthem? Yeah, yeah, better than the game, Anthem. Right. I'm reading Neuromancer, another one of these cyberpunk yeah. books uh, that apparently just, it coined so many uh, terms and concepts that like reading at least like the first half, I was like, I've seen all this. I did this in the cyberpunk game. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself, this was written in 1984. Like, this guy literally coined the term Matrix. So, about that, that every book <laughs> was like that, the every book was already like written and done by the time that Facebook whistleblower came out and uh, like revealed all this stuff. And it's like, th- that is kind of the person in the book, which is like... Interesting. It's hard to write a near future dystopian novel yeah. when we're currently living in that exact scenario. Yeah. But it's a good, I suggest that. Anthem, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Not a glowing review. I, I love Fargo. Yeah. I like Noah Hawley a lot. Yeah. Anyways, one more quick thing before we go. Uh, Epic Games just bought Bandcamp. Okay. Which is very, very big news. And also, maybe not the most welcome news for Bandcamp's users, or you would assume the artists on there. Yeah. Um, they were uh, pretty happy being a part of what was basically the last independent music platform that actually cares about musicians' financial interests. And there's no specific reason so far to worry that Epic is going to take a beautiful thing and ruin it, but that's often how things go with these kinds of acquisitions. On the other hand, it potentially opens up a great way for musicians to make money if it allows them to license their music for game projects through Epic's Unreal Engine Asset Store. So I guess we'll see how things turn out. uh, My take on this is that Bandcamp is very good at certain things, but could actually benefit from putting funding in our, in the correct places. Like, yeah. if Epic doesn't touch the royalties, and if they if Epic's involvement extends the ability to do the Bandcamp Fridays where the artists get 100% of the royalties, this could be a great thing. Thing like, is, if they expand, that's uh, the perfect justification for like, oh, well, this cost us so much money to like turn this into something that can compete with Spotify. So obviously we have to take a little bit more of a cut because well, they haven't done that yet. So, like, yes, it is. It is like it yeah. does make me nervous that they bought it because Bandcamp is one of my favorite music services. Yeah, it's like, if you're actually purchasing music today, it, you pretty much can't beat it. And you, if you, you can buy artists, physical music off of it too. Yeah. Instead of digital music, you can buy it directly from the artist, which is great. Merchandise as well. Yeah. You can follow the artist and you get updates. Uh, there's the the pain points with it is uh, the website unless you're going directly to an artist's link is not really good for discoverability even no. for artists that you follow yeah. and they need a really good mobile app that allows you to play lossless music that you've purchased like yeah. if they had a Spotify equivalent with but the you can album, download it 
and put it on your phone. Sure. <laughs> but if they allowed you to play like FLAC files in their own app. In your shitty fucking car speakers, you're not going to know the difference. Uh, you do have a point because anything you play on your phone is going to have some yeah. uh, element of loss to it because of like Bluetooth or whatever because none of them have fucking phone jacks anymore. I get it. But it's a good service that could be better. I just hope that someone at Epic was like, hey, I really like Bandcamp. Let's buy Bandcamp and then not touch it. Yeah, I hope they, yeah. I hope. Meanwhile, I, Pure Volume's pissed. They're, oh, God. We've been trying to sell for months. Yeah. I'm just worried. Epic, uh, do you remember House Party? Did you ever use that? Yes. Yeah. So Epic bought that and just shut it down like six months That's later. That's the other risk. Uh, is, it was, it was, and this is like Google acquiring House Party something was or like doing something like that. pretty fun like early in the pandemic uh, in terms of like chat apps. It was like one of the better ones. Like, yeah. It, was, it didn't look like fucking shit like Zoom or Teams. Um, and it, it worked pretty well. There was cool filters. There was little games you could play. It split the screen nice, like it actually evenly divided the space on the screen as people come and go. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it worked great. And then Epic's just like, eh, we're you know, we're I'm obviously nervous about this, especially like obviously everyone evenly divided the space. The Tencent has it. In. That sucks. That does suck. Yeah. I'm just trying to remain optimistic because if they stay hands off and they just make it better than it is, because it's already great, then this could be. A lifesaver for a lot of it could be a lifesaver or a fucking industry killer uh, for a lot of independent artists, and I really hope I'm really hoping that we get something good for once. Yeah, I just you know Tim Sweeney, uh, kind of a greedy guy, as we've seen. So I, I'm gonna try <laughs> to remain optimistic about this one. Yeah. In the meantime, buy albums you like, physical fungible items, and now that. Uh, Ron DeSantis has declared COVID dead. Get that <laughs> mask off your... I, yeah, Go I, to a concert. Oh, my God. What a fucking embarrassment. I'll, I'll, sh I'll show the video on News Dump or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's worth it watching. It deserves uh, further <laughs> analysis. <laughs> anyway, that's our episode. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched our previous one that had more Ukraine news in it. Uh, we, and I, I apologize to Elon Musk. It's worth seeing. Yeah. He does apologize. Not me. Yeah, Elliot just stands there and goes... But uh, he got one of us. So that's yeah, cool. and then the most recent weekly weird news where we talk about how flight attendants are just completely done with your shit. I'm gonna go see the Batman. Bye bye. <laughs>